Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Sometimes I hear myself very well, so I'm not sure whether you're getting it from the speakers. Are you? All right. We thank God so much. Uh, Let's pray. Everlasting Father, in the mighty name of the Son, Jesus Christ, we thank you this afternoon. Father, we give you honor and glory. For the time that we have here, Lord, we pray that your presence will be with us, Lord. Speak to us in your own unique way. Each one of us is expectant, Lord, this afternoon. And Lord, so we sit at your feet, expecting to hear from you. As I speak, Lord, I also expect to hear from you. We thank you because you hear our cry. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, listening to what pastor, when pastor was dedicating the children, the child, very funny thoughts were going through my mind. Then I realized that I was not being wise. Because there are some things that come with a generation in some faces, and once they pass, you don't keep wishing to be there again. Ah, you missed it. Praise the Lord. <laughs> when I saw the photo of that young man, I saw a very keen student in him. <laughs> because when, when, when children are looking at you keenly like this, with open eyes, you know they are paying attention to you. <laughs> so <laughs> I was just imagining in my mind how beautiful it is to see and to look at such uh, pictures. Now, this morning, I would like us to share on the subject of uh, back to the first estate. Back to the first estate. Praise the Lord. I've titled that message, Back to the First Estate. Now, I'm going to kind of give a breakdown because of the time, so that at least you are in picture of where we are starting and where we are heading to. I intend to share with you on three common uh, stories in the Bible uh, that tell us where we have, where God meant us to be, and unfortunately we find ourselves not there, and God has also made provisions for, for us to be back there. And from there, we will try to see what lessons we can learn, the parallels in those stories, and as they apply into our lives. Now, I'm aware some of us have read the Bible several times, so they are very, very well versed with these stories. But sometimes it takes a keen listening and attention again to the Word of God, and then you see something being lifted out that can help you, that can encourage you. Praise the Lord. So when you see me refer to some verses, please, you may be familiar with them, but let us listen keenly and see what God is speaking to us again. Because the days in which we are living have been challenging to most of us. And it is very easy for us to find ourselves slipping from where God intended us to be. I would like us to look at Genesis chapter 1. 
Genesis chapter 1. Anybody who's not familiar with that? Right. We're not going to read the whole of it, but I'll read a few verses, and then we see... So verse 3, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. There is a separation there, a distinction that God is creating. For you to appreciate light, there must be darkness. Praise the Lord. For you to appreciate the beauty of light, there has to be darkness. Then you begin to appreciate that this light is beautiful. So God creates some separation there that brings out something that is important. And God said, five, verse 5, And God said, Let there be firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. So again, there is another separation there. We know we can't... Uh, the first time I heard somebody use the word waters, we were laughing, we were in primary, so we said, ah, waters cannot have plural. So I didn't understand the concept until he started explaining waters, river, ponds, seas, and, and then, okay, so there's a distinction. And God also brings out that distinction there, but in a different frame. So we skip to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 28. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us, and they will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, and all the wild animals on earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. 27. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, and he created them. 28, then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Now, what do we deduce from this? What do we pick out from this place? God, as the whole story you know, and he was saying it is good, it is good, it is good, it is good. But when he created man, he said it is very, very. So that was the crown of his creation. That was something that God himself, the creator, looked at and he said, perfect. This is what I wanted to come up with. But what was unique about this human being that he was creating? He was creating a man, a person, and placing him in a point where he will always, one, he will always reflect the image of God. Sometimes when you look at your children, especially, okay, I think even the mothers do, but they don't usually confess. The, 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 the fathers, when they look at their son, and sometimes they see their son, let me say, being as naughty as they were when they were young, 
they cannot confess, they just laugh because it reminds them who they are. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And uh, when the mother asks, this character, where did this... <laughs> That's the time somebody says, oh, I want to pick something from Lulu. <laughs> because a revelation can come out and it's not always very good. So, God, likewise, the way we are proud to see our children reflect us, God wanted a being that would reflect him. When he looks down, his ah, this is how I look like. And God set us in that position. He wanted us to be in that position where our character, our life, our conduct would actually reflect God himself. No wonder he would just spend time with Adam in the cool of the evening. Because he was so happy to see that there is a creation that reflects his image. Number two, God being the creator, he had sovereign power, authority. And now again he imparts in this man. He gives to you the same authority. He makes you to reign. So he says he wanted this man always to reign. So two things that have come out. One, the image of God. That's kind of universal. But now God begins to distinguish some aspects of that character that of authority, is handing it over to you as man. And number three, to be fruitful. To be fruitful. Praise the Lord. Now, fruitful has been tied to, uh, uh, to multiply. And I know human beings have been very faithful on the second aspect of multiplication. But on the aspect of fruitfulness, there is some question mark. Praise the Lord. Uh, Pastor alluded to something last week, and he said that uh, he comes from a country where people are multiplying. Praise the Lord. And I'm also aware that in every four uh, uh, people with the African orientation, in every four, one is a Nigerian. Praise the Lord. All over the universe. You take them from Barbados everywhere. You bring them together. You sample them. Out of every four, you'll get one Nigerian there. <laughs> so I've got one advocate of multiplicity. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But Kenya is rushing very closely. We are closing the gap very, very, very fast. Uh, and God will bless Kenya. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah. The aspect of fruitfulness, the quality, uh, there's an aspect of quality in it. I know in biology they talk of development and growth, something like that, but I don't want to go there. I may be challenged and lack defense. So, the aspect of multiplicity, somewhere in the New Testament, God says, he has called men, children, not born of 
human intent. Born out of spiritual, as, as spiritual beings that God wants to have. Family of our spiritual people. And that is the multiplicity that God is stressing. That when he put us in that position, he wanted us to multiply on that realm of the spiritual aspect of our nature. Praise the Lord. So Adam is placed in a very privileged situation where he can be a co-creator with God. And God wants to stamp that in him. He tells him, okay, Adam, I want you now to name these animals. Adam had not gone to a school. So where do you think the names were coming from? Where do you think the name elephant came from? Where do you think the tiger came from? God was downloading those names into him. Praise the Lord. The nature of God was being reflected in his uh, declaration. That is why you have never changed the giraffe. It remains a giraffe and it will always be. Because it was ordained. Praise the Lord. So all these animals, God was just giving a sample of what he wants this man to be. Unfortunately, we know what happened and everything collapsed. So, from the first estate, a man has come down. And I know the newspapers like to, talking of from grace to grass. Especially if you are a high-profile person. You are very rich. You follow the headlines. From grace to grass. Whether grass is bad, I don't know. But that's what they usually say. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15.22. 1 Corinthians 15.22. The Bible says, So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Verse 21 and 22. And just as everyone dies, because we, belong to, we, belong, we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given a new life. And the most beautiful one, 1 Corinthians 15.45. The scripture tells us, tell us, the first man, Adam, became a living person. But the last Adam, that is Christ, is a living, life-giving spirit. Some versions talk of a quickening spirit. In the loins of Adam, as he moved from uh, that privileged position to falling in sin, we were in his loins. We partook of that failure. We fell from that privileged position. So we were down, dead, in terms of spiritual life. But again, God made provisions that in a new, I used to call it the second Adam, but when I looked at the scripture again, most of the versions say, say the last Adam, the last Adam. So I realized I was making a mistake. If you say second, there's a possibility of having a third. There's a possibility of having a fourth. But God was so deliberate, he said, the last Adam. It is finished. Through this one man, Christ Jesus, God made provisions for us to be reinstated. Many of us have had things written about their life. I cannot say many of us, all of us. At creation, God had a story about your life. 
He designed you to be something and wrote it down. My son will be this. Our role is to find the story that God had for us. Our responsibility is to draw closer to God and identify what is it that God wrote about my life that I ought to be. And then the funny history that we have written from that time we fell up to now can be reversed. Praise the Lord. I emphasize on the word quickening spirit. Because quickening is giving life. Just the same way the, this version has said. It's a life-giving spirit. You have been given a new spirit as a child of God. A quickening spirit. One that will bring to life that dying situation in your circumstances. A spirit that will revive that hope that you have lost in your life. Reinstating you to the first estate where you can determine the outcome before you start off. You need to find out where am I in the whole of this? You have become a living person, a quickening spirit, from a living person to a quickening spirit. When you are a living person, what comes is what you experience. You may not have control over what comes, but you need to experience it as you go along. But if you have a quickening spirit, you can create a situation in your life. You have been given the ability to transform that which comes into your life. Are we together? That I am feeling sick does not mean that's what I need to experience. God has given me a quickening spirit that can bring healing. That I am facing a financial challenge, that is not what I am supposed to be experiencing. God has given me a spirit that can cause me to transform that situation. Praise the Lord. So we have the image of God, which we lost, is being offered to us as a second chance in our lives. The authority we lost, the authority of declaring things into our lives can be restored. We can be put back to our first estate. Praise the Lord. The ability to be fruitful and to multiply is also being restored to us. Praise the Lord. I said you need to relate all these things to your own specific circumstance. You know where you are. You know what you're experiencing in your life. You know what you want to be. You know there is a yearning inside your spirit that tells you this is not what you're supposed to be experiencing as a child of God. There's something better that God created you for. And so what we are saying is, God has given provision and an opportunity for you to experience what you ought to be. Don't accept what the world is throwing at you. Praise the Lord. Job, the man of God, 
the book of Job, chapter 1. I start from verse 2. He had seven sons, three daughters. Please take note of that. Seven sons, three daughters. Verse 3, he owned, again, other figures I want you to take note of. He owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 teams of oxen, and 500 female donkeys. He also had many servants. He was, in fact, the richest person in the entire area. Job's sons would take turns preparing feasts in their homes, and they would also invite their three sisters and to celebrate with them. When these celebrations ended, sometimes after several days, Job would purify his children. He would get up early in the morning and offer a burnt offering for each of them. For Job said to himself, Perhaps my children have sinned and have cast God in their hearts. This was Job's regular practice. Job was afraid that somehow in his life, the children could have messed up. And the link to where God had already placed him, a rich man, a wealthy man, with a good family, he could easily lose it if the children had made a mess somewhere. So he was careful to retain that status. Praise the Lord. So these are the things that we pick out. This is not a parable. I'm sure some of you have paid pilgrimage to Job's home because somebody said that it was in Oman here. I don't know. Those of you who have paid pilgrimage, you'll describe to us how it looks like. <laughs> when I came here, I was told that Job used to live somewhere in Oman, somewhere. <laughs> but I never bothered to look for the former estate of, of Job. Job was a real man. He lived. That's why his name is there. Also, the Bible states that he was living in Uz. So there is a place associated with Job. Number two, Job had a family. The Bible has listed them. Number three, Job was wealthy. Number four, Job revered God. How do we know? The kind of caution that he used to take. He didn't want any door to be opened to the enemy for him to lose his position. But things turned out to be different. For Adam, we could, Adam, why did you do this? For Job, there's nothing to accuse him for. Praise the Lord. So it happens to the guilty and the not so guilty. Maybe you are one of them. You've been praying, fasting, serving God, doing all that you need to do as a child of God. But you find yourself in a situation which you know so clearly, this is not where God meant me to be. It is possible. Praise the Lord. And many of us find themselves there. And the worst thing is that once you find life becoming difficult, several things happen. One, even the people who had faith in you begin to doubt your wisdom. Wisdom. 
You know, every man here, you can dismiss them. You can, you can rule them out. But there is at least somebody in the house, the wife, who, <laughs> who trusts them. That's why they have stayed with them. Praise the Lord. So at least everybody can be a president of one person. They have got one supporter, dedicated supporter. But when that only supporter you are very certain of comes to put you in a situation where you begin to doubt yourself, it becomes a nightmare. This man could look in his life, there was nothing that he could accuse himself of. But then the wife who is supposed to support him looks at him and says, is this the rich man I married? In her heart. And these days, I have heard of a law they call, it starts with a letter B. I read it the other day, where they say the transactional value of a relationship, once it fades away, there's no point for a woman to stay with a man. <laughs> you can see how the devil is deceiving people. Now it is becoming a science that is being taught. So that our children will grow up feeling it's not about a relation, it's about what you get in it. It's not what you give into that relationship, it's what you get out of it. Our sister fell victim, I'm just saying, this is not in the Bible. Praise the Lord. Probably she looked at Job and said, ah, we used to fly to every, every month, end month. I used to be taken to trips here and there. Now things are changing. Let me defend men now. Things are changing. That man has not done anything wrong, my sister. Maybe he's more committed even to that relationship more than before. That sister has not done something, brother. She's still committed to you more than before. But the devil is trying to shake that relationship. He's trying to bring you down from that level where God meant you to be. And we know the story of Job. Even the close friends kind of moved away. They were taking their distance. But the long story of Job, we all know. In chapter 42, in chapter 42 we realize something very interesting happening. Verse 10. When Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored. Can we all say restored? restored. The Lord restored. The Lord restored his fortunes. In fact, the Lord gave him twice as much as before. The Lord will restore us. Amen. Those of us who are feeling low and challenged in various aspects, it's just a small, short time, and God will reverse the process. Amen. Things will change. Amen. That is his intention, never to leave his children at that low level, but to lift them back to the estate where he meant them to be, to experience that victorious life, that joyful life in their life as a Christian. Verse 11, Then all his brothers, sisters, now see, we never heard about brothers and sisters when he was in trouble. But now, things have changed. They have seen him healed. Ah. 
the aroma of God now is rising from Job's life again. And it's beginning to draw those who ran away from him. The brother and the sisters. When you see them come back, don't chase them away. It is the aroma of God that is drawing them to you. Praise the Lord. Forget those difficult moments you went through. Don't tell them, ah, now you are coming because you can see things are working well. No. They are coming because they have felt the aroma of God. Praise the Lord. They are feeling the aroma of God come from your life. You are low, yes. The devil wanted to crush you. But now, God is lifting you up again. Praise the Lord. I love the testimonies we had the whole of throughout COVID. People who had massive challenges. A lot, very heavy challenges. But they remained faithful in the Lord. Praise the Lord. They never cast down the Lord. They were never convinced by any circumstance to, to say anything negative about God. But they remained faithful. And the Lord began to restore them. Praise the Lord. Now you can see big smiles on their faces. Praise the Lord. Now the sisters and the former friends came and feasted with him in his home. And they consoled him and comforted him because of all the trials the Lord had brought against him. And each of them brought him a gift of money and a gold ring. Ah, this must have been from Malba. Praise the Lord. People are coming with gifts now. But what interested me most is verse 20, 12. It says this. So the Lord blessed Job in the second half of his life even more than the beginning. So it means the first estate you are in was not the best. God was annoyed with the devil. He says, now I'll prove to this enemy that this son deserves even much better than he had before. And he lifted him much far above. Now listen, you had pens, I told you to have pens and write some figures. For now, he had, now, after restoration, now, he had 14,000 sheep. How many did he have before? 7,000. Now, 14,000. 6,000 camels. How many did he have before? And, you know why I'm asking you this question? This is what we do when we want to know whether people are there or they have gone home already. So if you don't answer me, I'll know now I'm speaking only to 25% people here. You must answer and prove to me that you have been listening, even if you missed some things. Praise the Lord. 6,000 camels, previously he had only 3,000. 1,000 teams of oxen, he had 500. A thousand female donkeys he had. The only thing he did not double is the wife and the children. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> so don't extrapolate the scripture. Praise the Lord. Why? Why did he? You know, per capita income now has doubled, isn't it? Hey. I know some economics, you people. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Qatar is shining. Maybe if you compare the entire economy, the GDP of Qatar, and probably, let's say, China and America, it is a small, maybe 40% or maybe 20%. I don't know the figures now. 
but per capita income, everybody, if you divide the wealth of the country, because Qatar has got a small population, they are rich. They've got a lot of liquid to throw around, liquid cash. All right? Uh, that's why things are very expensive and they don't care. They still go on as if they are living in paradise. Praise the Lord. Yeah. So God was saying, the per capita income of your family job must double. It must double. You have suffered enough. You've been faithful in your work with me. I am doubling your per capita income in your family. I'm not just restore you to where you are. I am going to elevate you further above that place. Praise the Lord. Be encouraged, brother, that the troubles you are going through, God is aware of them and is able to spring you far above. Praise the Lord. Luke 15, we know, yes, there is the prodigal son. He starts off from a wealthy family, well-to-do, but he does not appreciate that wealth. He's not appreciating that wealth. He makes a wrong decision. He makes a wrong decision and walks away from the father's first estate. Praise the Lord. Then he begins to experience challenges in his life. 14 to 16, as you go on, is a life that is really trying him. He's having rough time. But then the Bible tells us, this gentleman, eh, this gentleman, when he came to his senses, I want you to take note of that, when he came back to his senses, he began to reason. Yes, I made a mistake, and that's why I am here. I annoyed my father. That's why I am down here. But I can go back and maybe I'll have some chance. Praise the Lord. Now there's a possibility, like many children do, they have made a mistake, they just sneak back and sit there quietly. You decide. They will not say sorry. They will not apologize. They know they belong to that home, so they just sit. You will fume, you will jump, you will do everything, but they are still your children. Eventually, you just start again living normally. Praise the Lord. But that's not the right thing to do. Quickly, the lessons we draw from here, four things that I'm going to move on across very fast. Four things. For you to come out of the situation you are in, for you to be restored to your first estate as a child of God. For you to be restored to your first estate as a child of God. One, you must carry out self-examination. Self-examination. Number two, you must have a contrite spirit. A contrite spirit. Number three, you must know what God's, God's word says concerning your circumstance. Okay? You must know what God is saying about that circumstance. Number four, you must act backed by faith. Okay? Knowing alone is not enough. You must act. And the action you take must be backed with, by faith. So quickly, on self-examination, 2 Corinthians 13, 5, it says, Examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Examine yourself to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves 
Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. He has not abandoned you. He's still there. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. Paul is writing to the Corinthians because they have been falling because of many things in the church. And he's telling them, instead of just sitting there waiting to be helped, examine yourself. See where you are. And then begin to reflect over your life. Praise the Lord. So we're asking, where am I? Why am I here? Why are things not working for me? What should I do to escape? Those are the questions you are asking yourself. What should I do to escape? All right? There may be pain sometime for you to escape. There may be all that. The, the prodigal son came to his senses. He thought, and then he decided to do something. All right? Have a contrite spirit. Number two, have a contrite spirit. And we have, we have, we have verses that back that. Proverbs 11, 9 says, The hypocrite with his mouth destroys his, his, his neighbor, but through knowledge... No, that's, that's dealing with knowledge. Uh, yeah, through knowledge, the righteous will be delivered. Uh, sorry, I've, I've gone ahead. I think that's, as, as, sorry, Psalms 34, 18. It says, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears and it delivers them out of all their troubles. That's verse 17, Psalms 34, 17, 18. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Psalms 51, 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. Praise the Lord. Have a broken heart. Don't just assume things will just be accepted. In the case of Job, there was nothing Really, he could see himself. But he was still again bowing before God. He was still pouring his heart before God. But most of us are not like Job. We have at least messed up somewhere. Praise the Lord. So there is a place for us to return to the Lord with a contrite spirit. Don't be like the sons who just walk back in the home and assume that things will work. The parents will just accept them. Isaiah 66, verse 2, For all those things my hand has made, and all those things exist, says the Lord. But on this one, say on this one, but on this one will I look. And what, what is he going to look at? On him who is poor and of a contrite spirit, and who trembles at my word. You can never have a contrite spirit before God, and God overlooks you. Praise the Lord. He's saying, I have created all these things. I am mighty. I am strong. I am able. But if you have a contrite spirit, you will draw my spirit and I will draw it unto yourself. Praise the Lord. Be honest with God. Father, I have fallen. I have sinned. Whenever we talk of sin, people are thinking of very funny things. But you can sin by just being lazy. Praise the Lord. You can sin by just neglecting the things of God. We need to be careful. Come back. Praise the Lord. We said knowledge, and I'll just read the verses as we draw close to the end. You need to know what the Word of God says. 
By the word of God, we acquire knowledge. Proverbs 11, 9, the one that I was reading ahead of time, the hypocrite with his mouth destroys his neighbor. But through knowledge, the righteous will be delivered. If you have knowledge, you have a chance to be delivered. But I don't want you to mistake knowledge with wisdom. Many people have got an idea of what should be done, but they don't act on that knowledge. So it is not wise. Praise the Lord. Wisdom is putting to use that which you have, the tools that you have, putting them to good use. So if you know what the Bible says you, do, you need to do, you, and you don't act, what does James say? He who knows what is right to be done and does not do, to him it is sin. Praise the Lord. Isaiah 60, arise and shine. Light means illumination. Arise and, sh arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Allow the light of the word of God to shine upon your life. Expose yourself to that light, and your circumstances will change. Praise the Lord. In the word of God, there are answers there. There are people who have been sick, and they don't pray. They just read the word, read the word, and continue reading until they get their healing. Praise the Lord. Because there is power in that word. Acquisition of knowledge is a prerequisite for restoration. Knowledge is not equivalent to wisdom. It gives you an understanding of terms and conditions. I like what Pastor Francis <laughs> It only tells you what you need to do in order to acquire. Is that clear? Right. Finally, I read these verses and we stop. We will not expound on them. Acting on your faith. Acting on your faith. Praise the Lord. James 2, 20, 26 says, but, but do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? For as, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. If you don't act like the prodigal son, he knew what was wrong. He knew what he needed to do, but he took the step of going back to the home. Second Kings 7, 3, 5. Now there were four lepers, men, at the entrance of the gate, and they said to one another, Why are we sitting here until we die? And they rose at the twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. Victory had come to their, their, their lives. Praise the Lord. Shall we stand up, please? Praise God. Were you blessed by the word this afternoon? If so, give the Lord a clap offering. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to the book of Zechariah, chapter 1, verse 3. Zechariah, chapter 1, verse 3, where it is written, Therefore say to them, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Return to me, says the Lord of hosts, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts.
as we look back on what we have heard over the last 45 minutes or so, a couple of thoughts need to run through our minds right now. And number one is this. Do we recognize that we are created in the image of God? You and I. That's what we were told and that's what the scripture tells us. But do we recognize for ourselves? Can you tell yourself, I am created in the image of God? If you believe that, say it. The second one is this. Do you carry the aroma of God in you? Do you carry the aroma of God in you? You and I are called to be the fifth gospel. People have to see God in you, in me. Do people smell the fragrance of God, the aroma of God in your life and in my life? But maybe some of us are not confident of that. And therefore, it is time for us to st take stock of our life right now. We have heard what the scripture has told us. We have heard what God has ministered unto us. But look at yourself. Think about your own life. How far, how near are you to God? Do you need to take stock of your own life right now? What is your relationship with God right now? Back to the first estate was the title of today's message. Is it time for me to return to God? The prodigal son did it. Do I need to do it right now? Ask yourself that question. Have I reached the pigsty, but my ego refuses to allow me to take that next step to return to God? The time to act is now. Isaiah 55 verse 6 says this, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Church, as we bring the service to a close, let's remember these things. Seek the knowledge of God. Seek the knowledge of God. Search the scriptures. Because God speaks to us through the scriptures. And God has put words of knowledge in the scriptures. Act on that knowledge with wisdom. Act on that knowledge with wisdom. Abide in the word. Abide in the word. Let's just thank God. For God has not forsaken us. God is always saying, I am waiting for you. I am there for you. Return to me. It's we who have to take stock of ourselves. God doesn't need to take stock of himself. 
we need to take stock of ourselves and as we have as we recollect the words of what we have heard over the last 45 minutes let's just say thank you lord thank you lord that you are still near and i want to seek you today i want to commit myself to you this afternoon i want to return i have been lazy i have stagnated i have been casual in my walk with you but no lord you are in the business of restoring you restored unto job double restore unto me what the enemy has taken away restore unto me lord i return to you i seek after you lord and i want to restore that first love relationship that i first that i once had with you father we thank you lord for the words which we heard this afternoon lord father you have indeed ministered into the hearts of every one of us lord and father god we know lord that you are near and you have stretched out your hands to us lord father father god we want to continue to feel your touch in our lives lord father we want to continue to draw on the wisdom that you have given us lord father and to act with to draw on that knowledge and act with wisdom lord father father god thank you lord thank you father god for reminding us this afternoon and for giving us yet another opportunity to come back to you lord father we surrender ourselves into your hands we thank you lord for your servant whom you have used this afternoon lord father we thank you lord father for the words of knowledge and wisdom that you have given him lord father that he could bring unto us anointed words from scripture lord father father god we pray lord that you will bless him and anoint him the more lord father that he will indeed continue to be a channel of your blessings in our lives lord father father god we pray lord that you will bless him and his family lord father that even as you bless them they shall continue to be a blessing unto us lord thank you father for every one of us gathered here this afternoon lord father and father god help us to remember and recollect the words we have heard lord father for these are the words of life father we thank you lord father for being with each one of us thank you father for those who have traveled and we pray lord that your presence will be with those who are yet to travel lord father father we commit each one of us into your hands we pray for those who couldn't be here this day lord father and we pray lord that you will be with every one of us wherever we are we thank you we give ourselves unto you lord in jesus name we pray amen, amen. let's share the grace May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen.